The Truth of the Liar I was watching television the other day, and a 15-second commercial for a weekly television show came on. The name of the show was called Lucifer. Well, it was quite a Holy Spirit moment, as Mike and I had been talking about some of the folks at work and relationship to the show, and how the guys at work had told him that Mike should watch it, and it's really a great show, it's not what you think, it's, you know, yeah, it's okay, Lucifer's the devil, but he really wants to be a good guy, and on and on and on. In this 15-second commercial blurb, Lucifer speaks out and says, quote, you need to know the truth, unquote. Yes, you're right, you do need to know the truth. And with those words, here we are. I have seen so much lately of good being called evil and evil being called good. I feel compelled to speak out the truth. And I'm going to try to keep on point. However, please keep in mind, this is a huge subject. There is so much truth to be told. Before we begin... I would encourage you to go to our website, Titus345.com, and click on the Truth Series to search for this article. There is a tremendous amount of scripture reference that I would never be able to do justice to. It would make this recording so very long and confusing if I tried to. So I would encourage you to just search it out and read for yourself if you're wondering where this comes from. Anyways, um... You will also find um, an article that was written called The Truth of the Enemy. And that was written maybe six, eight months ago now, more than that. Um, well, October 7, 2017, so been a good 10 months. The, the article is called The Truth of the Enemy, and that has also been pulled out and been put under the Truth series. And I would encourage you to go and check that article out as well. Anyways, back to the television show. Now, the premise of this show, according to imdb.com, is, quote, based on characters created by Neil Gaiman, Samuel Keith, and Mike Drigenberg, this series follows Lucifer, the original fallen angel, who has become dissatisfied with his life in hell. After abandoning his throne and retiring to Los Angeles, Lucifer indulges in fav his favorite things, wine, women, and song, until a murder takes place outside his upscale nightclub. For the first time in billions of years, the murder awakens something unfamiliar in Lucifer's soul, eerily similar to compassion and sympathy. Lucifer is faced with another surprise when he meets an intriguing homicide detective called Chloe who appears to possess an inherent goodness, unlike the worst of humanity he is accustomed to. Suddenly, Lucifer starts to wonder if there is hope for his soul. P.S. I've read the last chapter. There is no hope for his soul. In full disclosure, I have not watched, nor do I intend to watch, a single episode of this series. I am not writing this as a review of the show. I am writing this article as fair warning about the truth of deception, the truth of the liar. So let's start at the beginning, shall we? There are a good number of names found in the Bible that are associated with the great deceiver. There was some discussion at Michael's work with with him about Satan's name. Some said that Satan and the devil are not the same entity. We can see from scripture that Satan was given many names. According to Tory's new topical textbook, titles and names of the devil associated are Abaddon, Adversary, Accuser of the Brethren, Enemy, Beelzebub, Dragon, Evil Spirit, Great Red Dragon, The Liar, Murderer, Piercing Serpent, Prince of this World, Prince of the Power of the Air, Spirit in Children of Disobedience, God of this World, Wicked One, Unclean Spirit, Serpent, the list goes on. Nowhere in this list do I see a single redeeming quality. Nowhere do I see goodness, decency, integrity, 
holiness, repentance, truth, or light. So where did Satan come from? As for where he comes, he did come from, Reverend Billy Graham offers this explanation. Quote, Unlike God, Satan hasn't always existed, nor is he all-powerful and all-knowing the way God is. And some day, every power he does possess will be taken from him, and he will be cast forever into an eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. The Bible doesn't answer all of our questions about the devil. We must be careful not to go beyond what God has told us in his word. Nevertheless, the Bible indicates that originally Satan was one of the angels God created to serve him. End quote. We've heard that he is a fallen angel. The first reference of the fall of Satan is found in the Old Testament book of Isaiah, chapter 14, verses 12 to 15. How you have fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning! How you are cut down to the ground, mighty though you were against the nations of the world! For you said to yourself, I will ascend to heaven and rule the angels. I will take the highest throne. I will preside on the Mount of Assembly far away in the north. I will climb to the highest heavens and be like the Most High. But instead you will be brought down into the pit of hell, down to its lowest depths. And again in Ezekiel 28:12 to 19 You were the seal of perfection, full of wisdom and perfect beauty. You were in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone adorned you, carnelian, chrysolite, and emerald, topaz, onyx, jasper, lapis lazuli, turquoise and beryl. Your settings and mountings were made of gold. On the day you were created, they were prepared. You were anointed as a cher guardian cherub, for I so ordained you. You were on the holy mount of God. You walked among the fiery stones. You were blameless in your ways from the day you were created till wickedness was found in you. Through your widespread trade, you were filled with violence and you sinned. So I drove you in disgrace from the mount of God, and I expelled you guardian cherub from among the fiery stones your heart became so proud on account of your beauty you corrupted your wisdom because of your splendor so i threw you to earth i made a spectacle of you before kings by your many sins and dishonest trade you have desecrated your sanctuaries i made a fire come out of you it consumed you and i reduce you to ash on the ground in sight of all who are watching all the nations who knew you were appalled at you. You have come to a horrible end and will be no more. So what caused Satan to be cast out of heaven? Pride. He was expelled out of heaven by God because of his pride. An all-consuming unbridled pride that came from his lust to be equal to God instead of a servant of God. Satan was the highest of all angels, but he wasn't satisfied with being an angel. He had to be more. He wanted to be... God and to rule the universe. At that revelation, God cast Satan out of heaven as a fallen angel, and with him went one-third of all of the angels that were with Satan. As we read about Satan, we see that he is often portrayed as a cartoon character, a little man in a red suit with horns carrying a trident-shaped pitchfork. It is no doubt that people question his abilities and his capabilities to wreak havoc in people's lives, but Satan does exist. He is not some cute character. His existence is not based on a silly fantasy. His existence is well documented in the same book that narrates Jesus' life and death, the Bible. When Satan was cast out of heaven, he was removed along with one-third of the angels in heaven that also rebelled against God. Christians believe Satan is the leader of the fallen angels, the demons. These demons are timeless and still exist in the invisible spirit realm. They are able to affect our physical world. While these fallen angels rebelled and were cast out by God, they are still ultimately under his control. 
As we read about Jesus' ministry, we see that even he personally faced temptations from the devil. He cast out demons possessing people and defeated Satan and his legion of demons through a single selfless atoning act of his death on the cross. The followers of Jesus Christ need not fear Satan's limited power. However, we must be knowledgeable about his strategy, schemes, and deception and lies in order to recognize and resist his tactics in the ongoing spiritual warfare battle between good and evil. Throughout history, the character of Satan has been easily recognized because it is the opposite of God's character and attributes. If we are not relying on the biblical truths of God, we can easily fall into the deception of who Satan is and what his end game is. We can easily be deceived. We can fall into error. This battle has been raging since the beginning of time for the soul of the believer is just that. A battle. It is a war. It is a war for your very eternity. We cannot plead ignorance. There are those that choose to deny Satan's existence under the premise that, if I don't acknowledge him, then he will leave me alone. I get it. I really do. No one wants to think that there is an entity that wants to kill, steal, and destroy you and everything you are. However, to ignore him is foolishness. In First Peter 5 eight, we are admonished to be alert and to be of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. In Job 1.7 we read, The Lord said to Satan, From where do you come? Then Satan answered the Lord and said, From roaming about on the earth and walking around it. Then there are those who choose to willingly follow and worship Satan. They desire the darkness of evil and abhor the light, the light that reveals sin. Sadly, until they acknowledge the lie of Satan, their eternity will be very scary and very sad. There are also those that unknowingly elevate Satan. They do this in a variety of actions, some conscious choices and some unconscious choices, made out of ignorance of the truth of the liar. How does this happen? Let's start with the seven deadly sins. Lust, gluttony, greed, laziness, wrath, envy, pride. What are the seven deadly detestable sins according to the Bible? From Proverbs 6, verses 16 through 19, There are six things the Lord hates, seven that are detestable to him. Haughty eyes, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked schemes, feet that are quick to rush into evil, a false witness who pours out lies, and a man who stirs up dissension among brothers. I won't go into it at this time, the sins that we as a population have allowed. Abortion or murder of millions of unborn babies, homosexuality, illicit drugs now legal, pornography, rampant alcoholism, mind-altering substances, polygamy, pedophilia, human trafficking, anti-Christian bigotry, genocide, anti-Semitism, self-mutilation, and the list goes on and on. I'm sure you can add your own list. Each list starts when we call evil good and acceptable. However it happens, whether ignoring his existence, consciously choosing to follow him, or choosing to be ignorant of his ploys, this all pleases the devil. He wants us denying, fearing, obeying, and worshiping him. Unless we follow the truthful sources of the, of the Bible, he'll deceive us every single time. So how are we duped by Satan into believing that up is down, white is black, yes is no, good is bad, and bad is good? We are duped by this liar, this deceiver, because of our lack of biblical knowledge and discernment and by our free will. We choose to sit back 
when we do see events unfolding that we know to be immoral and against God's will. We are duped when we willingly open our eyes and minds to a television show about the devil and allow it to fill our ears and thoughts and call it good. We are duped by the master manipulator when we choose to continue to allow the lies of hell to invade our minds, thoughts, dreams, conversations. When we choose to kick open the doors and invite him in and take up residence with us. We are drawn in by him by our choice. No one forces you to follow him. You made a choice to slide down that slippery slope. You may say that you didn't choose to follow Satan. You believe in God? Well, I tell you right now that God and Satan cannot occupy the same person. Perhaps you've chosen unwittingly to subscribe to his evil ways. It doesn't have to stay that way. You have the choice to not allow him in. And if he is in, you have the choice to kick him out of your life, your home, your family, your children, your spouse, your heart, your mind, your dreams, and your desires. You have the choice to say no. And when you say no more, he must flee. You have the choice not to follow him into hell for all eternity. You have the choice. Sweet listeners, my friends, you have the choice. You have the choice to wear you are going to spend eternity. You have the choice to spend it in one of two places. Eternally separated from God, heaven, goodness, his kingdom on earth, to spend it in all hell and darkness. Or you have the choice to spend it eternally joined with God, our Father, Jesus Christ, his Son, and the Holy Spirit. You have that choice. That's eternity. But you also have the choice on how you live today. You have the choice to follow him or not follow him. It is, and it is a choice. If you're tired of it, if you're tired of the battle, if you're tired of seeming like evil is all around you, you can't shake it off. You know that there's something missing from your life. You don't know what that is. But deep inside, you do know what that is. You're longing for a relationship. But maybe you think... God wouldn't love me. He'll never take me. He could never forgive me for what I've done. Huh. I'm here to tell you he can. I have seen drunkard, drug addicts, whoremongers, abusers, you name it. I've seen them all lay it all down at the foot of the cross. And I've seen good people who just want to be assured of their eternity lay it all down at that same cross there is room at the foot of the cross for everyone and the blood that Jesus shed on that cross is available to everyone so folks is today the day is today the day is now the time it takes but a minute to know of your eternal assurance is today the day that you give it all over and say I'm done Jesus take over Come and live in me, live in my heart, live in my life. If it is, then I would encourage you to go over to www.titus345. And you'll see a link, on a, a tab on there that says, Do you know Jesus? Go there. There's a short prayer called the Sinner's Prayer. We all are sinners. Me, everybody, you name it. Even my sweet mama was a sinner. Go there and with you all your heart and your mind and every ounce of your being, Pray that prayer. Invite Jesus to come into your heart, to live in your heart, to live in your life, to be your Lord and Savior, to take control of your life. It's a simple prayer, but you will know. 
you will know without a shadow of a doubt when he's there, when he wraps his arms around you and forgives you. While you're there, take a look. Resources, what to do next. And if you, if you get a chance, drop us a line. Let us know. Let Mike and I know how we can pray for you. Jesus hears the voices when two or three are gathered in his name. He's there in the midst. Let us pray for you. But then again, let us know if there's something you're questioning. Eternity is a long time, folks. And I would love to see you walk in the streets of heaven with the rest of us. So with that, be well, be blessed, know that we love you. Until next time.